0: Am I really able to say that I value like the time I spend with my family and stuff when I'm missing Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays and weekends and not able to go to birthday parties?
1: You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're gonna get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, financial grown-up friends. Get ready for an episode, not really about money, but about living a rich life with your family. It's about the price of your time and the value of your time. And for many of us, not all time is created equal. Target store manager Robert Farrington had the money, but he wanted the time, not just any time, nights, weekends, and holidays, specifically the times that most of us get to be with our families, but in retail, not so much. Fortunately, he had something else going on. More on that in a sec. First, a quick welcome to our new listeners and to our returning ones. If you like the show, take a screen grab, share it on social, then subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes, and make sure that you have it set in the settings for automatic download. With that, let us get to Robert Farrington's story. He now runs a little site. It's actually a really big deal. Website called The College Investor. And for you early stage entrepreneurs, it was a side hustle with literally zero income. Yes, zero income, no money coming in for the first two years. But that was a while back. He'll tell you more about it. Now it is his full-time business and it is growing. You're going to love this story. Here is the college investor's Robert Farrington. Hey, Robert Farrington, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: You are, and this is trademarked, my friends. You are America's student loan debt expert. You're also the founder and editor of the college investor. So you have a lot of knowledge to share with us.
0: You kind of scare me when you say it all, but yeah, I'm excited to share it with you.
1: So give us a quick summary of what The College Investor is, and then we're going to move into your money story. Sounds great. So The College Investor was started
0: by me as a side hustle in college because I wanted to share my thoughts on how to invest. But everybody that I knew was like, that's cool, Robert, but I have student loans and other things, and I just can't get there yet. So over the last few years, we've kind of incorporated more about getting out of student loan debt, getting out of debt in general. And how to build wealth so that you can start investing even in your early 20s or in college so that you can build wealth and set those financial footprints in motion for your future.
1: So this is where it gets really cool and exciting because you've been working on this for a very long time. You are married. You have two young children, the oldest one going into kindergarten. You were full time at Target until a year ago. And this was your side hustle. And then you were able to make the decision to flip the switch and take your side hustle full time. And that's your money story. Tell us more, Robert.
0: Yeah, so about three years ago, I started earning more than my Target job. You know, we were just stashing the money away and didn't really have any plans to leave because you have to understand, I loved working at Target. It it was a great company to work for. I'd been there for a long time. I was comfortable there. I was probably one of the top performers in my area. So life was really good at Target. But there is one big drawback about working in retail, and that is that you have to work nights and weekends and holidays. Even
1: if you were the manager by then, you were pretty senior.
0: Right. But, you know, I also believe in being a leader. So, like, I would still work my weekends with my team. I'd work a night a week with my team. And then, as the leader, I definitely had to be there on Black Friday and throughout the holiday season. You know, it meant having Thanksgiving lunch at like 12 o'clock and then going to work at two in the afternoon on Thanksgiving day so that we're ready to go when the store opens. That really became hard as my kids were getting older.
1: Okay. So tell me about the conversation that you had with your wife when this decision was made.
0: It really was a series of decisions. First off, it was like, this is a cool side hustle. Like, let's not change anything. And then it was like, wow, this is really becoming more of a thing. And like, we can live off of this business income on the side and you don't need to work there. And finally, I really had to think about what we valued as a family. So my wife and I were talking and you hear these things like, show me your money and show me your time and it'll tell you what you value. So am I really able to say that I value like the time I spend with my family and stuff when I'm missing Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays and weekends and not able to go to birthday parties. And so it was really, really hard to leave something I was so comfortable with. But at the same time, I also wasn't living my truth in that I wasn't necessarily doing exactly what I valued. And and we could afford it i could afford the life i wanted to and said that i wanted to i mean that really was a big part of our conversation with my wife um the second thing is is contingency plans we always have these conversations i run an online business so it's like what happens if the internet goes out tomorrow right like are we going to be financially okay if suddenly there is no income stream so it really was about planning and making sure we had enough saved and If the internet did stop tomorrow and I left my day job, would we be okay financially? And we kind of checked all these boxes. And once those were all yeses, it was setting a timeline up for when does it make the most sense to leave?
1: They knew about the side hustle,
0: right? It was one of those things. I never hit it, but I never was fully overt about it. It'd been on my LinkedIn profile for a decade, my peers. Every now and then I'd get student loan questions from my peers. Like they'd be like, hey, I'm trying to pay off my student loans. Like, can you help me? Yeah, but
1: did the target management know that this was producing more income then they were paying you?
0: I never like shared that. So I'm 99% sure that they had no idea. In fact, I, I know most of them didn't because when I left and afterwards, they had a little going away party for me and like, we wish you the best of luck. We hope this all works well for you. So
1: they had no idea.
0: Yeah. And I've never hid that. And so that's the interesting thing. If no one asked, I was very candid. I've been candid, you know, even for the last seven, eight years online on different podcasts and interviews and stuff. So It's out there. Did
1: they ever think like, maybe we should pay him more. Like if he can make more from a blog, wow, maybe we're underpaying him. Was there any kind of conversation like that ever?
0: It's hard because I was extremely well paid. It was a nice six figure. You know, I don't think people realize what you make at Target, but I was, you know, with my bonuses and stuff, I was probably making about $180,000 a year when I left.
1: Wow. (laughs) So let's go back to quitting. So how did you actually quit? So I really did think about this
0: and plan it out because I also, like I said, I, I wanted to leave on really good terms. I didn't wanna burn any bridges. So I actually, my wife and I like finalized our plans for leaving in February or March of last year. And we said, we're gonna leave in September. And I thought this was very respectful from the workload that was going on at Target, but it was also enough time that they could have enough leeway to have everything in place before the holiday season. I decided that we are gonna give a month notice. So I actually told my boss in August, and I probably gave about five and a half, six weeks notice, but I was fully, you know, you hear these horror stories, like if they were going to walk me out that day or something crazy, like I was fully prepared to leave that day, but I was going to be very respectful. Um, And so when my boss came in August, you know, I said she comes like once or twice a month. When she came in, I, I just pulled her into my office, said, I have something really important to share with you. And she had no idea what was coming. I said, hey, so... I have some big changes. I want to tell you, I am going to be resigning and I'm going to be pursuing my own endeavors outside of Target, spending more time with my family. And the look of shock, she actually texted me like four hours later. So I told her probably four o'clock in the afternoon. So it was like eight o'clock at night. And she's like, I cannot believe this. This is crazy. Like I, you know, I'm totally shocked. <laughs> like, it, I totally caught her off guard and, you know, but I gave him, like I said, almost six weeks notice. So I felt like I left in the most respectful and terms possible, which I also think is the best way to possibly leave if you are going to leave.
1: What was the reaction around your store?
0: Most of them were pretty excited for me. So I think all my direct reports actually were much more aware of everything than you know anybody else above me and stuff. And so it was less of a shock. But same thing. I am also very diligent in how you let people know. So make sure you have a very strong hierarchy of letting my senior managers know and then just announcing it downward, clear communication before I even let them know. So I don't think I let them know until about a week and a half after I let my boss know. So my boss already had some plans in place and we were able to share some very specific plans, which I think is really important when you transition in any workplace.
1: Are there things you would do differently looking back?
0: I honestly would probably do it sooner.
1: It's one of those things like
0: I was so worried about all these random variables and you know, I probably gave an extra year or two to Target. And like I said, it's a great company, but at the same time, what could I have done in those extra year or two when I could have left longer? That's the only real regret I have.
1: So what is the lesson for our listeners? I think the big lesson is
0: if you grow this side hustle with your time and energy outside of work instead of watching tv shows or doing whatever non-productive things you're probably doing outside of work you know you could turn this into a full-time job that you're passionate about you love and it works with your schedule so i think there's it's definitely a clear path that you can you can actually achieve if you want to put the time and effort into it <laughs>
1: All right. Let's talk about your everyday money tip. We're going to tap into your knowledge as a retail expert, having seen it all from the grassroots level. Tell us what people can do to save money and be better shoppers at stores, not necessarily just Target, but stores like Target. What can they know about pricing, about sales and so on?
0: Yeah, let's debunk some of these myths first. So first off, I always love these BuzzFeed articles that come out, you know, how what digits are the last ones that you know what the markdowns are? Well, like, let's talk a little bit about math. So almost every price in retail ends in 99 cents, right? So when you mark something down half off, It's always going to end in eight because that's just math. And so when you mark it down 75% off for the third time or, you know, the second markdown, it's going to end in a four. So these math strategies that they say are secret hacks is really just the math of the sales. (laughs) So it's true. Like, you know, I, I think people just need to realize that. I think the best thing, the other thing that people need to realize is that, almost every store, Target included, puts the same things on sale every two weeks. So it just alternates. So if you're a regular grocery shopper, you'll notice this a lot, especially in food, because one week it'll be Coke on sale, the next week it'll be Pepsi on sale. And then it goes back to Coke on sale and it goes back to Pepsi on sale. And it's the same sale. It just goes alternating every other week. And you see this in almost every major retailer. So One, if you have really strong brand allegiance, align your shopping habits with your sale week and you'll probably find that you're gonna get that same sale every time you go in because it'll line up with your shopping habits.
1: So you said you always have to work, you've always had to work, the holidays and especially Black Friday. What's your number one Black Friday tip? The number one Black Friday tip is that All the ads come
0: online about a month before Black Friday. So you can plan out all your shopping ahead of time. And you have to realize that the door busters at every store are there's only about maybe 10 to 50 of that item. And so if there is one thing that you really, 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 really can't live without, if you're not the first 10 to 50 people in line, you're probably not going to get it. So don't waste your time going out there. The second thing though that's really emerged over the last couple years is online shopping. So at the same time, a lot of these companies are trying to compete with each other and they're moving their Black Friday sales online and they're moving them on to like the week before Black Friday. And so you can get a lot of the same great deals online but without even going to the store about a week before you even shop
1: let's talk more about what's going on with a college investor so now this is your full-time passion project slash income slash growing company you've got a whole staff (laughs) there now you're managing that now what are your priorities where is your growth going to come from what can people expect and look forward to there
0: So if you want to know anything about getting out of student loan debt and starting to invest, the College Investor has it for you. We have pretty much every topic around student loan debt covered. And you know, sadly, as much as I don't want this to be the growing reason for our growth, student loan debt in America is growing and it's such a a problem for most people. So we have your answers. We have tools and resources that can help you. If you don't like to read, you can also listen to the College Investor audio show. It's a podcast where we change our written articles into a show. Short digestible audio show for you because I know love that
1: love yeah, short I, yes short I, I mean love I think
0: I, I think I beat you because I my average my average show time is like six to eight minutes because we're just talking about t- the daily article of the day
1: but that's perfect that's what people need because everyone's busy all right where can people people can obviously reach you at the, the college investor but tell me your social channels etc.
0: Yeah, you can go to thecollegeinvestor.com. You can go to the College Investor Audio Show. You can find us on YouTube at The College Investor, and you can find us on Instagram at The College Investor.
1: Love it. Thank you, Robert.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: By the way, that pricing math that Robert thinks is so obvious to everyone, I had no clue. What about you? Here's my take on what he had to say. Financial grown-up tip number one, if you have a side hustle, follow Robert's path and be open about it at work. You don't have to be too open. When I went to write my book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, the first thing I did was tell my managers and get there okay. Don't hide things. But then also, don't work on it during your work hours, and you can be open about your plans, but you don't have to share the whole big picture and all your grand plans. Financial grown-up tip number two, I love that Robert chose family over spending time working on the holidays. The same can be said for shopping. Before you race out to get one of those amazing, say, Black Friday deals, remember that Robert said, and a lot of you know this already, there are very few available. So you will have to get there really early and spend a lot of time, invest a lot of time to get it. So is saving money really worth cutting into your family time on a holiday? Maybe look online a different day ahead of time and set a price alert. Then, if you get that alert, you can spend five minutes buying it online and get back to being with your family. Or maybe what you have is fine and you don't buy it at all. Before we wrap up, tell me, I want to know, what's your best retail shopping tip? DM it to me. And please take a minute to follow me on social media. I am at BobbiRebell1 on Instagram, BobbiRebell on Twitter, and BobbiRebell on Facebook. The website to get more information about the show, BobbyRebel.com forward slash financial grown up podcast. And for the show notes and more about Robert and the college investor, go to BobbyRebel.com forward slash podcast forward slash Robert Farrington. And thanks to the college investors, Robert Farrington, for bringing us all one step closer to being financial grown ups.